The timing could not have been worse. A pregnant woman on the way to the hospital in the back of a New York City taxi cab, she tells her husband, the baby will not wait any longer. And she was absolutely right. In October of this year, young Alice Adeline Proctor was born into her father's hands in the back of that cab as her yellow chariot <laughs> didn't quite make it to NYU's medical center before she was ready to arrive. I just looked at that story uh, not long ago and I thought they should have named the child Cabriolet just to mark the occasion, I thought. But alas, they didn't. Uh, and all mothers know this, don't they? Babies come <laughs> when they're ready to come. They don't come when, it's, when uh, we're ready, when, when our schedules allow, when we're flexible and, and it's just the right time. They come when they're ready to come. And so whether it's during the middle of the night, sitting at dinner, or walking around at the county fair, when it's time to come, that baby is on its way. Abby and I have close friends who live in Alabama, in Mobile. Just this month, in only the 28th week of our friend's pregnancy, she gave birth to a little girl, born at a robust one pound, seven ounces. Young Ella Louise Couch came into the world. Our friends will forever remember December 7th as a day that will live in infamy for a completely different reason. They were unprepared. I'm, I'm glad to, to report that young Ella Louise is doing well and still in the hospital, but, um, but doing quite well. Babies arrive, or at least most babies arrive, when they're ready. Not when their mothers are, not when their fathers are. Which is why I think Mary and Joseph would have perhaps been more than a little frightened when they received word that the governor had ordered them to travel to their hometowns in order to register for a census, in order to be taxed yet even more. During the third trimester of Mary's pregnancy, they have to make this long travel, nearly 70 miles. And I can just imagine their anger at the government. How could they do this? How could they make us travel at such a precarious time? Do they have no concern? What's more, how could they do this? How could these Gentile Romans do this to Israel? But that's just the point, isn't it? It wasn't Israel to the Romans. It was a backwater province at the edge of the earth filled with a bunch of stubborn people that they were more than happy to tax. And so these parents-to-be, I'm sure, were filled with anger, but also with anxiety. Can you imagine being the mother or father? Could you imagine having to travel all this distance in an ancient world? Uh, maybe they would fall into the hands of thieves and robbers. What would happen if the donkey died along the way? Would there be enough food and money to see him through the journey? And most of all, of course, would the mother and baby survive? This was not an easy journey to make. I'm sure in a lot of ways this family felt very alone in the world. Yet we hear in the scripture, don't we? We hear the stories. Angels proclaim good news. We have, we have angels going to shepherds. Matthew says that there are philosophers in faraway lands who are traveling seeing a star. Lots of exciting things happening. But what we miss is the kind of day-to-day -day grind. The silence of God in a seemingly difficult world. Remember, this couple had not volunteered for this job. They were drafted. Sure, they were offered, their, asked their opinion, you're going to do this, and, and they agree. But I wonder, 
do you think along the way? Do you think somewhere in the middle of those nights they thought, you know, this is a lot tougher than we thought it would be? I think maybe they were asking questions like, when will this struggle be over? When will the world be set to rights? When will everything get, get put right? And, and, and when will people stop being oppressed? And, and when? When will God save His people Israel? When will He do what He's promised to do for all these years through all these prophets? When, O oh Lord? When will You step in and set the world to rights? This is what all of our lives are about. The time, I mean. I mean, when will things be right? What time will God do it? Uh, in, we have, all of us, a very brief window of time, don't we? Some, it's just minutes or maybe hours. Others see five score years. But the rest of us, somewhere in between. We have a brief window of history. And as I look at Luke's text tonight, I was struck afresh by his awareness of time. It's, there's time all through this passage. It's, it's as if he, he tried to grab hold of our attention. He begins telling us who was in power. Tyrenius was governor. Augustus was Caesar. And while that may seem like a temporal moment, a present reality for Luke, I think it was a historical reality. I think when most faithful Jews heard this, they were all of a sudden caught up in Israel's history. They were taken back to Babylonian exile. And they realized that for the last, oh, 500 years or so, Israel had been tossed around from Gentile government to Gentile government. Taken captive by the Babylonians, released by the Persians, but still ruled over by them. And then came the Greeks, and then came the Syrians, and now come the Romans. And I think when Luke says that Quirinius was governor and Augustus was Caesar and he ordered everyone to be taxed, everyone would have heard this and groaned. Oh God, when? Look at this long past that we've had. Look at this long history that we've had. When are you going to save your people Israel? I think they would have also heard the present. The time came when this woman was to deliver this child. We have a pregnant young woman in, the, in our midst tonight. And if suddenly uh, we have a scream, we'll know that the present is upon someone else as well, won't we? And all of you will stay real calm, and I won't. But the immediacy. Child is about to come. Now is the time, Luke says. It came time for Mary to deliver this child. There are few things like the immediacy of childbirth to really grab your attention. This is one of the times in life when the boss cannot call you, or if he does, you do not answer. Uh, this is one of the times where the boss would understand. My boss is right behind me. He would understand. We need to, there are times where, where everything else needs to be put on hold, where you focus on the immediacy of what's going on. Parents remember the moment when a child was born. Don't we? We remember the moment because everything in our life was focused upon that one moment in history. In our mind's eye, most parents can go to that very spot. We can remember the, the room and what we were wearing and where we were. Hopefully it wasn't in the back of a taxi cab, but if it was, I'm sure that would be a memorable occasion altogether unlike any other. Mary and Joseph had a moment just like that. A baby, a special baby was being born. 
And it didn't seem right that he was born in a stable, I'm sure. But that's the way the King of Kings and Lord of Lords wanted to enter the earth. And it was in the right place at the very right time. Past, present, collide in a moment. But there's also a bit of future in the text too, isn't there? And the angels go to some shepherds. Shepherds were an unsavory crowd. Not the kind of people that should be receiving this message. But the angels go to the shepherds. Apparently they hadn't heard what we were supposed to do. And they go to these shepherds and they say to, you, say to the shepherds, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. A Savior is born, which had to be a bit laughable because how could a baby rescue Israel from the Roman government? How could a little baby born in a stable rescue the people of God? It had to be one of the ironies of history. You could almost hear the 8th Psalm echoing in the, in the background. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You ordain strength from the mounts of infants. Past, present, and future all colliding together. Christmas is about time. It's about time to end the suffering. It's about time to live in the moment. And it's about time to face the future unafraid. And that's why you're here tonight. You're here because you have a past, a history. And in that past, you can see God's saving work. If you look real close, you see the way He orchestrated the events of your life to reconcile, him to you, to reconcile you to Himself. And you've come to this time, this night... For this happy moment too, haven't you? To celebrate the birth of Jesus. The greatest gift of all in all the world. To celebrate the birth of Jesus. To to laugh with God at this stroke of irony. Of how it could be that a little baby could speak power. And you've come to this place tonight. To face your own future. Unafraid. Because you can be certain that the God who brought you to this spot will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never run off and do something else and leave you behind. That wherever He leads you, His grace will be sufficient to keep you. And so, Christmas is about time. It's about time we look at our past and be thankful. It's about time that we live in the present moment Enjoy, right in this very moment, the gift of the Savior Jesus. And it's about time that we look at our future with confidence and hope. In the one who together with the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen.